I just wanted to say like a big thanks to the guys for coming on. Um, Trey Bond is by far my favorite, favorite, favorite James Bond podcast. The guys are hilarious. They have fan fiction, their witty banter back and forth, complete nonsense. Uh, what really hooked me was Brandon's Matt Berry impersonations. They're absolutely flawless. And he actually came on and, and did a little bit of uh, VO work for us uh, on one episode, I think for Live and Let Die. I can't remember. I'm going to have to go back and look, but it was pretty funny. And he was more than willing to do it, so that was a good laugh. But yeah, we had the guys on, and we were really thrilled to have them on for both parts of an episode. We had them on for our last episode where we discussed the recasting and then when we do have a guest we like to do uh, a follow-up on the interrogation room just because it's really easy for us to do anyways that said hope you have fun uh hope you enjoy this one we really had fun recording it thanks guys for coming on hopefully you find something to work on in the future enjoy welcome back everybody we have a new episode as a follow-up to our last episode with Trey Bond. What we like to do is we like to have a little follow-up with our guests, a little series we like to call The Interrogation Room. And we just ask our guests a few Bond-related questions about their personal experience with Bond. So, uh, as a follow-up, we've got Darby Deck and Brandon McClelland uh, from Trey Bond, and we're going to ask them a few questions. Trey Bond! Trey, Trey Bond. Bond! Cool. You want to go first? All right, so our first question is... Could you tell us about your first Bond experience or memory? I don't know who wants well, to start. You have to, go but... there. you have to go there first. Me first? Well, my first clear Bond experience would definitely be 2006's Casino Royale in being a time and place sort of memory. I definitely have memory of earlier Bond, of Brosnan, but I didn't really have con- like understanding of the character. But when I saw... Casino Royale in 2006 in our little hometown of Batemans Bay with uh, Mr. Bran McClan uh, on the other microphone here. Really? Um, that's when I fell in love with James Bond and became, I was awakened, <laughs> my christening. That is actually kind of how it happened for me, not with you guys, obviously. Uh, oh, I thought you were, <laughs> yes, you were there, that's right. But yeah, you I were watched... dressed as Vesper Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> Chest hair and all. <laughs> yeah, because because I watched uh, Goldeneye in the theater and it kind and I enjoyed it, but it didn't really sort of sink in, and it wasn't until Casino Royale that I think I really jumped back on. Question wasn't for you though. <laughs> Just How trying to be relatable. <laughs> Stall Brandon's thunder. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, because that's my it. I saw it. In the <laughs> <laughs> no, I I don't really 100% remember what the first moment was with Bond. I know that uh, a really good friend of mine named Jimmy, uh, he had this magazine collection that was called like the James Bond magazine. And it had these, um, had this like deck of cards, which like rated like all the villains and the, the allies and blah, blah, blah. And he and I would kind of flick through those. And I kind of was like, oh my God, this is awesome. Because I was super into like, um, spy stuff as a kid. Uh, and then I bought a couple of the special edition VHSs, um, like randomly out of order. I think it was like Dr. No from Russia with love for your eyes only and golden eye. Um, and I watched them on repeat and I was just like, Oh my God, these are amazing. 
and then seeing on the inset of the VHS tapes, it had all of the posters for all of the other Bond films. And so I would go into this um, this kind of the local uh, video store, which was called Sanity, um, and I would save up money, and it was like $5 per cassette. And I knew that every single one of those bloody VHSs was there. And I went in one day, and they were all gone. And I went up to the counter, and I, you know, was nearly crying. And I was like, because <laughs> this was the only joy in my life. <laughs> and I was like, where, where, where have all the James Bond videos gone? Have you thrown them out or something? And the, the woman behind the counter was like, no, 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 sorry, sweetie, but someone bought them all last weekend. And I was devastated, went home, you know, was just kind of beside myself, like, great, I'm never going to watch the other James Bond film. <laughs> that's your only option ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, a, couple of, uh, a couple of weeks later, it was uh, Christmas, and I woke up to my present being <laughs> that mum had gone into sanity and bought every single one of the remaining VHSs. And hey. they're like sitting under the tree on Christmas morning. And I still have those VHSs. They're kind of my, um, now that mum's gone in particular, they're kind of like a very special memory for me. And I, I mean, I would be surprised if some of those tapes still played because I really watched them so much that the picture quality started to go on a couple of them. Yeah. <laughs> was there one but, that you were missing? I was, yeah, for ages. We never yeah. had um, The World Is Not Enough, and I finally right. got it off eBay last year. That's right. Perfect. Yeah. Was the uh, video store lady dressed as Santa on Christmas Day? <laughs> <laughs> No, she was dressed as um, Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, next question. Uh, why Bond? What is it about the franchise that has interested you? Brando, you take it away, mate. Oh, I think the, the phrase gentleman spy is, is the big thing for me. I think that uh, I love that it's, it's an action franchise, uh, but I, I really quite like that it's not just that. Um, Bond is such a kind of distinguished, he's a gentleman, he's a gentleman spy. Um, and so, you know, he, he, the food, the drink, the cars, the clothing, the, the lifestyle that he kind of indulges in, it's a fantasy, sure, but there is something about that where you're just kind of like, there's no other character that embodies all of that in one kind of place. There's been a lot of people who have tried. Um, to kind of ape it but there is something about the idea of the gentleman spy that I, I just cannot move past I don't know it's just nice to have someone who can kick ass and still be classy you know not having to be a, a kind of you know hard as nails kind of you know I don't know he, he's still rough and tumble and stuff but I don't know gentleman spy that, that is the big thing that jumps out to me Mm. I think, um, yeah, it's a difficult one to answer. I think the, the answer's probably changed a lot, especially just even doing Trey Bond over the past 12 to 15 months. Um, I think that's probably what my answer becomes, is that it's such, it's just such a vast subject. It's not just a character. They're not just movies. 
it's a subject. You can think about it. You can discuss it. You can. There can be multiple podcasts about it. It's not the only thing of its type, but it is something which really encourages a feeling. Not just a. Um, it's not just a product. It's something we all invest in, and and I think um, yeah, the things that I love about it as it stands now, how much it it kind of is a history book for cinema, and how much it um, how much importance it has in the cinematic landscape and, and, and led to the establishment of other franchises. We wouldn't have Spielberg without Bond. We wouldn't have, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of ramifications to its appearance right. and, and the way that it's gone on. And I think it's just, it's, you know, it's a, it's a tradition. It's a lot of fun. Cool. Mm. Mm. And that it, they do it for real. They, you're going to do it for real. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a Bond collectible item that you're looking to get your hands on? Oh, the Bondola. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> if I could get my hands on even a piece of that thing, I think I'd be very happy. <laughs> just a, just one of the seats. I'll put it, I'll put it in my office. I, just, I, I picture you wanting it like road legal, though. Uh... <laughs> well, that would be in an ideal world, but that's not but if it was an aquatic car, you know, <laughs> doesn't need to be road you could run. You could run tours. Yeah. There's, a, there's the the Aquabus in Brisbane. They do the same thing. <laughs> you hop on in the city and, and then you drive into the water. Yeah, we have one of those on, too. Yeah. Yeah, they're we awesome. I'd run my own thing and I'd dress up in you know the full Venetian garb. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> Is that what you wanted to hear? <laughs> Apparently, because we asked the question. So, <laughs> right. Mine would be um, the the thing that I'm kind of going through at the moment is, and you actually helped me get closer to uh, finishing completing this goal is collecting the uh, the James Bond soundtracks on vinyl, mm. um, which uh, Corey, you were very generous and sent me. Um, the Honor Majesty's Secret Service yeah. uh, soundtrack, which I could not find for the life of me in Australia. I will eternally be in your debt for that. Most welcome. And I will listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> also welcome. Um, yeah, if there's, any, if there's any that you're having a hard time finding, let me know, because we've got a really good uh, vintage shop here. So I will, I will. Yeah. I was just, um, I'm kind of, making my way day by day again going through them i've just finished um diamonds are forever again today jeez it's good you made that yeah i made it (laughs) it's a sculpted from clay wow getting the grooves is very tricky (laughs) that's good artwork there can i say that again it is good artwork for everyone listening on the uh, (laughs) podcast yeah tell the folks at home what you can see right now I can see he's in his he's in his chair, uh, a silver type chair. It's like a claw. It's a bit. It's, it's a, a claw, claw type thing. The, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, right. And he's got a couple of broads with him. <laughs> yeah. There you go. A couple of money pennies. <laughs> As your online presence evolves in the Bond community, what are you looking to achieve? And actually, uh, we'll get there eventually. Yeah. What are you looking to achieve? Grief. Oh God, I don't know. Yeah. That's a tricky one. I because I just enjoy being a part of the conversation uh, within the Bond community. Um, mm. I definitely we I definitely don't want to 
do anything like take on a leadership role <laughs> when it comes to it. The Bond <laughs> Labour Union. <laughs> yeah, let's form a union. Um, yeah, I've, God, that's a tricky one. I, I really, I think one of the things that's been most uh, positive out of doing the the podcast has been that it it's been a kind of an icebreaker. Like the fact that we're talking to you both right now mm. uh, about James Bond, you know, like that's incredible. Like I never would have dreamed of doing this beforehand. And I, I don't know, I, this last year, it feels like there's been a, just a massive boom in the kind of interconnectivity of Bond fans around the world. Yeah, I mean, it's tricky. I, 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 Brandon does a lot of the, I'm, I'm a pretty shy fella. Be honest. I kind of I'd like to stay behind the scenes and do everything I can to help out, and um, and I've been you know enjoying watching Trey Bond um, kind of land within the Bond community and, and even understanding it because it's not something I was aware of um, at any you know kind of stage. I knew Brandon was interested in it. I knew that he um, there was people that he spoke about, but yeah, actually becoming involved in it and seeing it, it's a really lovely place to to exist i think um as for what i want to kind of achieve within it or what we are going to do as a crew it's it's hard to say i think we're only just starting to realize we put so much into getting those episodes out last year and um and being consistent with it and we really thought it's it was like it was like we were really burning to get a lot out and then towards that 12 month period we realized oh hang on we're here we're around now you know we're not we're not kind of going anywhere we don't have to hurry ourselves we can we've we've now a part of this and we can continue to do things in our own way and i think that's all we're really looking to do really is just yeah keep on plugging away whatever that means cool it's funny uh (laughs) at some point we were very diligent in getting our episodes out on time and at at one point it's like you know what it's it's too much and i don't know how (laughs) you guys have managed to keep pace uh because we are just finishing I'm like editing Spectre, our Spectre episode now. And how long ago was that well, for you guys? Like months ago, I think? Well, we were a three-pronged attack. Um, and I mean, COVID helped us out because Brandon and Jake, both being actors, they obviously didn't have much work on. So they were quite available. I still had my full-time job. But having um, Brandon there, he would he would run the podcasts and, and edit it out and get it all done. He was pretty much a one-man crew. And I would just sort of help out. Jake and I would help out with branding discussions and and getting artwork and and sort of broader conversation. But, yeah, having Brandon really dedicated, he was really quite dedicated to it for that full. It was essentially record one night and then you would spend just as much time again editing it, trimming it down, getting it sorted. You know, it was a three three three-day-a-week operation, I guess, to get that an episode out. But, yeah, having him being able to sit there doing it was really our, you know, that's how we got 50 episodes out in a year, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If he'd been at, in, engaged in shows and, and on TV like he normally is, it would have been much tougher. I think we'd have 12 episodes out. <laughs> Which has kind of been, actually, weirdly, the, the, the trap. We thought we'd be back from our hiatus by now. And we've, mm. got, two, we've got, like, we've two, got episodes two episodes we recorded that yeah. we did in January. Um, but, yeah, schedules are now starting to get quite tight again. I mean, like, Jake isn't here tonight because he's... He's directing and, you know, starring in a play at the moment down in his hometown. Um, what is he doing? So... Theater's dead. Everybody knows that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, 
it's, it's inter- I wonder where how we yeah what what Trayvon looks like in the future. We've got we've got something actually in in the works that is I think sitting still extraordinarily <laughs> special. Um, which if if we didn't have someone like Darby, I don't think it could have been made. Um, and I don't want to spoil anything about what it is, but it's kind of like. I can't really say it's like yeah. everything that Darby has ever talked about when it comes to like bond, we've got this thing coming out soon where it's like, yep, that's <laughs> <laughs> we lost you again. We've lost you. You got threatened. You know what? You probably revealed too much. There was someone cutting you off. That you're gone. <laughs> okay, well, you butt out of the conversation, and we'll carry on with uh, with Darby's ten percent here. <laughs> but no, we have been busy, as Brandon said. We've got episode fifty-one and fifty-two that we want to we want to get out soon, and then um, yeah, we've been working on something um, that's taken up a lot of my time, which I've absolutely loved putting energy into something like this um it's really it fills a passion and a kind of a desire for me to do something and it fits very well into our Trey Bond world and what and what we've been doing so we're excited to I think it's looking like we'll probably get it out I mean I don't want to set anything in stone now we're still it's an ongoing discussion Jake's going to come back and we're going to see how things unfold but we're hoping to get this project out as well as a couple more episodes more like an official like a second season in around early july-ish territory we're hoping but we'll see we'll see Hmm. welcome back (laughs) yeah (laughs) i think it might be because i don't have a a skype like paid account no we don't either oh don't you paramatta mate oh excuse me Um, so for our next question, is there a Bond destination that you'd love to visit or revisit if you've already been? Ooh. Yeah, for me, it's London. I've never been. And um, It'd be, you could cross a few things off your list if you were yeah, to go to London. Yeah, you really mm-hmm. could. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's Bond land, really. <laughs> um, that's the big one for me. I think I'd like to be on the beach in the Caribbean. At some oh, that's point, that's not bad too. That's mm-hmm. pretty good. Underneath a mango tree. Oh, look out! I could get behind that one too. <laughs> Let's say. Have either of you been to London? No. I dare you oh, again. Wait. Just always interrupting. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm been to sorry. <laughs> have you been to London, Ontario? I have. <laughs> Is it as amazing as London? I don't think so. <laughs> I've theoretically been. To territory that is part of the UK, but okay. yeah, right. So London, Ontario is not Bondland 2.0. No, <laughs> okay. it's lovely in its own way. Is this though? It's all right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's say you could participate in one Bond mission. Which mission would you choose, and why? Fight amongst oh. yourselves. Which mission? I mean, I don't think I'd want to be there at all. Um, people always die, <laughs> especially if they don't know what they're doing or don't know how to handle themselves. Um, yeah, that so, would be me. I'd be the guy that dies. So it doesn't really matter where I'm going <laughs> or what I'm doing. 
But um, <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, I'd like to be an ally of some kind. I'd like to. I'd like Bond to come to Sydney, and I can yeah. kind of show him around. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want to. Don't get me involved in any lethal situations. That's the. If he's coming, just keep it. What keep about cool. just like meeting him in the lunch car on the train after his mission? Oh yeah. Oh, you know that's what? Oh, no, that's 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 Jason Bourne. <laughs> I was gonna say I'd like to be the guy like in the crowd and Bond's talking to me on the phone and like guiding me around. Oh, okay. Stop touching your ear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you say, die. I was like, you don't want to be in a train fight. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But you put yourself <laughs> in the death position there. <laughs> that's my instinct. <laughs> right. I don't know what what mission would I most like to participate in. God, my gut says Casino Royale, but really that's just playing cards. You could just be at the poker table. Yeah, you could, couldn't you? You're not Bond in this situation, are you? You're just there. You can be if you want. Oh, that's dangerous. That's very dangerous. (laughs) Who would I want to be? I feel like I'm more suited to a Rodgy thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see you as like Rodgy's contact. Yeah, it gets pushed off a cliff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's me. A- ambitious, really. <laughs> Mr. Bond, this isn't... A... <laughs> oh! <laughs> yeah, little ping in the forehead, off he goes. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, what's your favorite Q gadget? Bondola. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a gadget or a vehicle? Well... <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> no, I like the simple gadgets. I like the, the sleek, nice designs. Um, I'd like just, you know, I think it'd be really cool if you could have a pen that could shoot a tranquilizer dart. That's awesome. It's got a lot of practical uses. I didn't, wouldn't want anything too fancy. Right. That's a good choice. <laughs> I reckon for me, it's probably at the moment, I'd say the attache case from, from Russia with Love. Well, that's multiple gadgets. Yeah. <laughs> it's an all-in-one. <laughs> it's like a Swiss Army knife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a weird one because it's like it's really just a carrying case for a bunch of stuff. Like the case itself is the gadget, and then exactly. it's just got a bunch of stuff tossed in it. Well, I guess... Okay, the... Well, if I can't have that, if I'm going to get the third degree, <laughs> then I'll go, I'll go the... Um, I've got it here. I'll go the, the Parker pen. Okay. From Goldeneye. I mean, yeah. you're you're fine. Kind with of what I said, but you know. <laughs> well, I'm getting the third. You can't go anywhere. What do you it's want me okay. to say? You can get the stuff? case. You can uh, get the case. It's okay. We'll leave you with the attaché case. We're good. And you can put the pen in the case. Very official. <laughs> hey. There you go. If you could fix one moment in a Bond film, what would it be, and why? God, where do you start there? <laughs> we were watching uh, Man of the Golden Gun when we came up with that question. Oh, yeah, the uh, the slide whistle. What? No, that was fun. The... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a tough look, one. That's... I think there's a lot, yeah. It's I maybe mean, Beach actually... Boys. What's that? Maybe the Beach Boys. Non-Beach Boys, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's tough. I actually think 
it's not so much it's a moment in time rather than a moment in a film but i i genuinely wish that die another day didn't exist and it's i i i find that film in its entirety pretty inexcusable um willfully (laughs) negligent would be my argument in court (laughs) yeah (laughs) Just like pull a Disney and put that one in the vault and never talk about yeah, it again. Yeah, that one doesn't get released. Okay. Yeah. That so you release get... a disclaimer withdrawing the film, <laughs> and yeah. you, you put that out into cinemas. It's fun. I I had we had someone send us through a um, uh, a fan edit of For Your Eyes Only, which I watched quite recently. And what he's done is he's kind of edited out all of the kind of the goofy gag moments. Um, he's cut the pre-title sequence entirely and it opens on the ATAC ship sinking and then Melina's parents dying and then it goes into the title sequence and he's rescored it with all John Barry's music and it's brilliant. Oh, we've lost Darby. Hmm. But, but that, if, if I can't get rid of an entire film, I would substitute what, um, I think the guy's name is Jeremy Sternhagen um, his 007 cut of For Your Eyes Only. Getting rid of the the silly parts of For Your Eyes Only, that would be my big thing. Because there's a great film in it, and I think his edit actually proves that, that there's quite a good Cold War, hard-edge spy thriller there. Um, it's just the silly moments and the crap score that, that let that film down. Did and it... make it feel older and cheaper than it actually is. Right. Did he cut out the hockey bit? Oh. Because that was terrible. I think he did cut that out, oh. yeah. That was, for me, that was the biggest letdown of that. The the quirkiness, the gimmicks, I was actually way more okay with those. I guess maybe because I used to play hockey, <laughs> that I had such an issue with the <laughs> hockey scene. I was like, oh, God, this is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It was bad. Yeah, it's a rough, it's a rough old go. The whole Roggy tenure is, is a pretty rough old go. It's kind of half half good, and I don't mean that in like half the films are good and half the films are bad. I think all of the films are half good and half bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's except some... for maybe Live and Let Die and Spy Who Loved Me. I think those two are, are really solid, um, but the rest have all got a, a just an odd flavor about them, which. What was going on in the 70s, I don't know, but I'm glad I wasn't alive for it. <laughs> right. I was really non-existent. I was really, I was born in 78, so I mean, I obviously didn't take in anything, so. <laughs> Maybe I had a coke habit when I was two, I don't know. But, yeah. You would uh, fit right in. Does Darby know that power's a thing, or what? He, I don't think he's coming back. Yeah, I'll, I'm sure he's <laughs> rushing to get a... Um... <laughs> get a charger now right i was just saying oh i'll call him but he's phone's dead dead. this is what running the podcast is like for me (laughs) trying to wrangle all all of these boys i think we only have one question left really if you were to remake one of the films from a different character's perspective what what would you do with that oh that's a good question um re- so so tell it but it, so James Bond is still in it or... right yep so you're just basically okay. telling it through the eyes of you know it could be any character 
just not like the spy who loved me novel that's written from the from the woman's perspective um sure that's a good (laughs) that's a good question i the one that jumps out to me is is probably um is probably actually for your eyes only and you you tell it from melina's uh perspective where it's a revenge plot for her that bond really stumbles into because i think that's the most interesting part of that story is her desperately seeking revenge um and then you can kind of, i mean it's it's the same thing it's it's i would do it with quantum of solace as well um actually i would i wouldn't do it for fioras only i would do it for quantum of solace and i would have camille's story um that bond then interacts with mm-hmm. Um, that would be the one for me, I think, because I think there is some padding in Quantum of Solace. Funnily enough, it's such a quick film, but there's some padding in there because they don't really know what to do with Bond, whereas there is a whole lot of stuff with Camille that really could have benefited the story. That's my answer. All right. <laughs> Lock it in. Cool. <laughs> do you have one? Uh, it's funny because we put these questions down and then didn't give them any thought whatsoever. <laughs> No, we did. I did that with you, and you did it with me. Did I? I don't remember what we answered, but right. we did it on each other. Wasn't very memorable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. We actually have to would have to go back and and give it some thought. I always think of like maybe not like a like a different angle, but think of characters that you'd rather get some more backstory on. Um, and oh yeah. Camille would be a good one, but I would kind of like to sort of see how everything shook out with uh, how everything really shook out with with Vesper's boyfriend and and her relationship with him and all that kind of stuff. But that's not sort of like a reimagining from a different perspective. That's just I'd like to sort of know more. But but then sometimes you you risk the quality of the piece that you did get going uh, to the toilet if you find out too much. Like we almost. It's like yeah. uh, it's like the Hannibal Lecter prequel movie. Like once you figure out what, why Hannibal became a cannibal, you're like, oh, this is just stupid. I was okay with it before. Yeah. So yeah. It's one of those situations yeah. where I almost don't want to know more. But yeah. Yeah. When the mystery's gone, so's the the horror of it and the intrigue. I guess. Yeah. Right. What about you? Do you remember what your choice was? I don't remember. <laughs> I think we actually asked that question for a specific film, so I don't remember which one it was, but. Is it in Skyfall that Money Penny shoots Bond off the train? Which film is that? Yeah, oh, Skyfall. Skyfall. Yeah. So I'd actually like to see that film from her perspective because obviously, like, stuff happened to her after that went down. There's a reason she ended up making the decision of going behind the desk and all that. So I think it might be interesting to have it from that perspective. And she did yeah, pitch. Brilliant. She did pitch a spinoff as well. Yeah, a Money Penny spinoff. Naomi Harris did. Yeah, she pitched a, a Money Penny spinoff to Barbara, and Barbara was like, "No, we're not going to go in that direction." <laughs> We've been burned before. <laughs> well, I mean, the general public seemed to think she was a shit agent, and like the fan commentary was like, "Oh, she's a crap agent. Whatever. She should be back behind the desk." And it's like, why? Like, what are you basing that on? One missed shot while Bond flying by at 60 kilometers an hour? Like One missed shot that she was ordered to take when she said, I don't think I can take that shot. She followed an order. She did everything she was supposed to. So 
I think maybe the reaction to it afterwards makes you think maybe she's a crap agent, but she actually followed protocol. So I defend her. A hundred percent. That's that the the fact that she hits Bond when he's that close to the guy anyway is just kind of like uh like that's an amazing shot. I would like to see anyone make that. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Oh, another kitty. I'm back. Sorry, I'm tired. <laughs> I returned. I've only got five percent, so this may not last long. But what have I missed? Uh, oh, just a lot last... of us ragging on you. <laughs> <laughs> The last question we asked was, if you could remake a Bond film from a different character's perspective, which film would you choose and what character? Oh, what did you say, Brando? Uh, I said, I I originally started with Melina Havelock from For Your Eyes Only, but I rested on, I want to see Quantum of Solace from Camille's perspective. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, that would be a good one, actually. I think that would be quite a compelling story. Yeah. Mine would be a little more laid back and maybe made uh, of its time in the 60s, but I think uh, Quarrel's adventure in Dr. No would be good. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and do you, do you film up to the point where he gets uh, burnt by the, uh, by the crocodile car? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you're with him instead of over. And it's James. like a super slow-mo <laughs> tragic kind of... <laughs> very abrupt end to the film. <laughs> yeah. It just fades that's to black it. and that's it. Credits roll. <laughs> You're like, oh, a resolution. It's a very weird ending. Although I think he has a better journey in uh, Live and Let Die. That'd be an interesting film too. Live and Let Die from Quarrel's yeah, perspective. Hmm. I was just thinking for a second you could do like a Money Penny uh, reimagining where she's just behind the desk eight hours a day you're just like <laughs> just sitting and waiting for people to yeah, come in yeah. that'll be great it'll <laughs> uh, be a slow burn that one for sure right filing memos all day right uh okay so last question and it, it ends with the hat coming in there you go oh wow. yeah there you go right yeah. nice nice um just like a point of view on a typewriter oh god uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, if there was no bond, what would you turn your interest to? Interest and energy to? Gee, um, you know what? Mine would probably be Formula One. I would really? do some kind of Formula One. Uh, I think there's a cool community there. The podcast or some sort of thing in that world would be interesting. Hmm. Hmm. And I think you can spend a lot of time in it. It's got that deep history as well. You can invest in anything with a deep, long history. You can't do the Avengers. Or not the, the current one. Yeah, you do mm. the 1960s Avengers. If you, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I feel like I actually straddle quite a few uh, fan bases already. Like, I'm quite... I'm a Whovian, uh, Doctor Who. Uh, which you're, now the, you're the face of the new campaign for Richard Ayoade. Yes. Um... <laughs> I don't know. I, my, I, I'm always drawn very much to comedy. I, oh, I know what it is. It's on cinema at the cinema. That is my... <laughs> I, I am as obsessed with that as I am James Bond. So if James Bond didn't exist, I would be even more head. so into... Yeah, I'm a Greg head. <laughs> uh, into that. It's a great, um, like, hyper-realistic um, comedy series 
that, uh, that focuses around these two egomaniacs that have um, started a movie review um, show. And it, it starts off as being like genuinely shit reviews of movies. But over the, the 12 seasons of it, it has dive, like kind of de-evolved into this like soap opera <laughs> of just the most petty. Um, <laughs> it's 11 seasons now. Um, I would say that, yeah, something like on cinema at the cinema, or yeah, on cinema is great. Brandon, Brandon can talk about on cinema nonstop, and he. The thing is, there's like my thing is, I love on cinema, but I just can't commit to consuming that much. There's <laughs> like he what they do a they do a three hour Oscar special every year, and Brandon will watch the whole thing live and then watch it again, and yeah. I'm like, mate, I can do twenty minutes of it, and that's it. <laughs> I I have not watched the Oscars live for about three or four years now. I will instead watch their shitty coverage of the Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> Might have to check that one out. Yes, you should. It's you know Tim Heidecker. It's his. No. You're aware of him? No. Uh, Tim and Eric, not... awesome show, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I never did actually check that out. I heard it was good, Tim and Eric. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's very alternative comedy. It's kind of, it doesn't have a mainstream appeal. My my missus uh, hates it. <laughs> she finds it uh, excruciating because she she's like, "What's the joke?" And for <laughs> that's me, I'm the kind joke. Of like, that's the joke. But nothing <laughs> is happening, and they are spending days of their lives. Trying to like keep like one of them, Greg Turkington, has a Twitter account that he has not dropped character from um, for, yeah, for, for years. ten years. For ten yeah. years, his entire Twitter handle has just been his on cinema character. Wow, it's brilliant! It's brilliant! It's very kind of Andy Kaufman esque yeah. um, style comedy. It's just like the commitment to the bit is kind of the. Um, the reward, I guess. So I guess the longer you're in it, the better it is, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's very much unapproachable. <laughs> <laughs> start start with the four hour long court case. And, uh, and you'll know you'll know what it's about. <laughs> well, I think that's it from us. Is there anything Thanks you guys wanted to us. add? No, just thank you for having us. And congratulations to you both for everything that you've been able to put together. It's very exciting, this new chapter of another James Bond podcast. (laughs) You should use that clip every time. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I'll just get you to do our intros. You could just, yeah, yeah, I said podcast. I could probably get a clean one for him, mate. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Hello, this is Roger Moore, and you're listening to another James Bond podcast. Just there ripping off James Bond radio there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is Roger Moore from the grave saying, fuck you. <laughs> Leaving all of that in. Uh, yeah, we. Uh, it's going to be a little experimental. It might go horribly, horribly wrong. and But if it does, hey, more free time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Best of luck. Thanks yeah, again, thank you guys. Much. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for coming on. That's all right. I think that's it. We're done. That's all. I hope you guys have a good night. We're going to get on with the rest of our day. Yeah. Day's yeah, just have started. a good day. <laughs> Thank you. I hope, that, um, I hope that what we've done for you is usable. 
Oh yeah, yes. for sure. Yep. I'm sure it is. And maybe even better without Jake. Who knows? <laughs> cool. No, I think that's it for us. Beautiful. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having Catch us. Catch you soon. Best of luck. Thanks. You Have too. A good Take night. Care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please take a second to rate, like, and subscribe. If you're looking for a little bit more content, you can find us on Instagram at another James Bond podcast. And if you want to send us an email, which we would love to hear from you, you can contact us at anotherjbpod at gmail.com.